I mean, trying to find things to like in this movie besides the romance is hard because <laughs> I have plenty I can rip this movie about all day well, about. Well, Sean, I'm curious, what's your like? Thank you, Oh, Trish. man. It's hard to say because everything I want to like about this movie is a thing that they don't do enough of. Mm. <laughs> and mm. so I'm annoyed that they don't do enough. <laughs> Welcome to the Skiffy and Fanny Show's Torture Cinema. We're speaking the same language, but you don't understand a word I'm saying, do you? <laughs> I mean, in fairness, I don't understand a word that any of you are saying, and by the end of this, even if I did by the start, I wouldn't at the end because I've had a few <laughs> to drink. I'm Sean. I'm, I'm Trish. And on today's show, we'll talk about what we're drinking and the movie Timeline, a 2003 movie based on the novel of the same name by Michael Crichton, directed by Richard Donner and starring Paul Walker, Francis O'Connor, Gerard Butler, and Billy Connolly, among many others. Someone selected the theme for this for a poll that our Patreon supporters voted on. I didn't write down who suggested this theme, and so if that happens to be you, please let us know so we can give you credit for being evil and making us watch Timeline, the second Michael Crichton movie we have watched on this show, although one he did not direct. Would have it improved it? Maybe not. Oh no, not. this is a better movie then. <laughs> then Runaways, probably yes. But we shall get to that after drinking. Absolutely way better. <laughs> That's you, Sweepy. That's up to you. You're number two. Oh, I'm I, I, I'm number two. But before we do that, a friendly my, reminder, listeners, that we want to hear from you. Share your comments with us about this and any past episodes at Skippy and Fanti slash listener suggestions. That's all one word. We want to put together a listener mailbag episode with your thoughts, questions, topic suggestions, comments, comments about how great Sean is, comments about Trish's intelligence, you know, all that stuff. So get those thoughts in. <laughs> Okay, I mean, that became into, a, it turned into like a humble brag, but sure, okay. Good job, Paul. Uh, well, anyway, let's get on to what we're drinking. Uh, now, it's not required that everybody have alcohol for this. Uh, it is only required that someone bring a beverage of some variety. And so, Paul, what beverage, if we want to get super French with this, given the location of this film, uh, what beverage are you drinking? I don't know French, well, so... I've just said a French word to you. Beverage. beverage. I don't know if that's actually French for beverage, but... <laughs> but thanks to my um, recent medical work, I have just water, water, plain water, nothing but water. Not even root beer tonight. Is it regular water, or is it is it water? Water. Because those water. are different, to be water. clear. Water. water. Right, so wa Water. Water. Not water. water. Okay. Oh, let's water. see. See the the war. Okay. Thank you. Okay. I just wanted to check to make sure. <laughs> okay. What about you, Trish? Well, I. Uh, I thought you were gonna have root beer tonight. I heard something about that. That was my plan, but uh, in solidarity with some others in my life, I uh, am not drink. I am also trying to 
go low carb. And so I am drinking something I believe in French is called um, but it's, uh, you know, H2O, the pure <laughs> stuff. Um, so yes, I too am Got it. boringly drinking water. I did have a nice dinner though. Oh, okay. Well, I just want you to know in French, that is actually water. So you're drinking something <laughs> different from what Paul's drinking. Okay. So we're not quite in solidarity. Got it. Well, cause, because technically that term, if it applies to this film, because this film mostly is set in the late ter- 1300s, that term means something different. They would ad- adjust a new term to say water later on, but at in the 1300s, it meant water. Well, I'm pretty sure the stuff I am drinking is a lot more pure than what they would have been drinking in the 1300s. Oh, well, I mean, that may be true. Do you have a Brita filter? Uh, it's It's... A filter that is built into the sink and, I mean, and into the faucet, and I don't know what kind it is. Okay, so it's a fancy. Yeah, so you probably turned water into water. Yeah, sure. Yeah. (laughs) Alchemically. Yeah, that's probably what happened. Yeah. Well, great. Uh, Well, for me, I am drinking, uh, I'm the only one who's going to have an alcoholic beverage tonight, and I decided to go themed tonight, because that's what I try to do. And so I am having a timeline what is a timeline cocktail? <laughs> Tell Sean? us more. <laughs> God it's help so us. Dumb. <laughs> so a timeline has a little bit of gin. It has Saint Germain, which is a type of liqueur. It has Cointreau, and it has fresh lime juice and thyme. T u h y m e thyme. Hence the name mm. timeline cocktail. And then I, I topped it off with a little bit of, like, lemon-lime soda, although it's diet variety. Not that that's really helping me a lot on the amount of carbs I've consumed today, but you know what? I was good at the gym, so I don't care. I was going to be good today, but it was raining uh, from, from Ian or something, so. You, can, you have a basement. You can do burpees in the basement. Well, I guess I could have just done calisthenics, yes, but I didn't. I did calisthenics yesterday, and I usually alternate days. Oh, fair enough, fair enough. I don't actually recommend burpees, because I hate burpees. Oh, I hate them too, but they're good for you. My personal trainer will be like, yeah, you're doing burpees today, and it's like, well, I'm going to complain about it the whole time, but I'm going to do it. (laughs) Ugh, I hate burpees. Burpees are evil. I don't do burpees. I do yoga once a week. Try some burpees. things we get into. I'm not quite sure how to do a burpee. I'll teach you how to do a burpee next time we're together. All right. Which may be well, Vietnam. Yeah, we might see each other before that. Yeah. Burpees in Vietnam. <laughs> Maybe. I'll teach you how to do a burpee. They're not actually that hard. I mean, they're hard, but they're not like some crazy exercise that you can't physically do. Paul, you can do a burpee or three, but we'll do 40. God, I'm going to hate you. Yeah, you're probably going to hate me. Anyway. <laughs> so uh, now we need to get on to the summary of this movie timeline, a movie that we all watched. I have watched twice, and in fact, I saw it two times before we watched it together in the Discord, which you can get to by joining our Patreon at patreon.com slash if you'd like to join our Discord and occasionally watch movies with us where we die inside in real time. Yeah, you, you, can, you can have the experience live and direct. <laughs> but I've seen this movie many times, uh, so maybe I should summarize it? Yes. yes. I think you've seen it more than the two of us put together, so go for it. Oh, boy. Okay, so let's let's break this down. 
So timeline, based on the book that I've never read by the author Michael Crichton. I don't know how accurate it is, and I don't care. Uh, it stars Paul Walker as one Chris Johnston, uh, the son of one Professor Edward A. Johnston, who is an archaeologist who studies old French stuff uh, from the Hundred Years' War. And our young Chris slash Paul Walker from Fast and the Furious, it's basically the same character. So just imagine them as the same person because they're basically the same person. Uh, he keeps showing up at the dig sites where his father is up to some stuff because he has the hots for one Kate Erickson played by Frances O'Connor. And there's a bunch of stuff at the beginning of this of like, oh, like the old times are really great. And Gerard Butler like waxes lyrical about like an old earless dude on, on a sarcophagus. And he tries to like, uh, you know, the Paul Walker's character tries to woo the girl and the girl's like, ah, like, I hope you wouldn't notice and you won't take no for an answer, but I'm going to keep, you're going to keep pestering me uh, and brings her a beer and ruins her dig site and everything. And then it turns out in conjunction with this, there is a semi unethical business. More than semi unethical. Oh, calm down. We'll get back to that. Calm down. Uh, who has been running like a business dude that's been running this tech company that has inadvertently discovered a wormhole that allows to travel between two periods of time, our present or the film's present and 1357, if I recall correctly. Yes. They don't know why. They keep sending people back. Things go wrong. We'll find out later why. So they send back Miss, uh, Professor Johnston and then that goes wrong. And so they come back and they're like, hey, young Chris Johnston and all of your friends, Andre Marek, and your random French guy who we all know is going to die as quickly as possible because he's not even at the top of the billing. You know, they all go back in time with some Marines who also die instantaneously, thus drawing into great question whether or not the Marines are actually useful in a medieval setting. <laughs> and so they find out that it turns out that they've, they've sent people back in time before. And one of those people uh, got left behind and decided, I'm just going to become Sir William Decker or William Decker, as he used to be known. And he's working for evil Lord Oliver, played by Michael Sheen. And there's like a whole thing about like they've got given them Greek fire, I guess, because somehow Billy Connolly's character has figured out how Greek fire was actually made, even though nobody actually knows for sure how it was made. Uh, and anyway, that's a whole thing going on. And so they go back to go rescue the dad and it all goes horribly awry. The French guy gets murdered because in any version of these stories, the English are evil for reasons that don't quite make a whole lot of sense, except that the English did technically start the 100 Years War, and so technically Britain is getting what it's deserved now. <laughs> I'm sorry. Edward III, did he not invade? But he had... He had he was, tr he was pressing his claim. I, I literally... I cannot express to you how much I do not give a shit about royalty pressing their claim. Uh, but but the, but it makes sense why he would do this. Well, you know what? He has his own island. He could just hang out there. Everything <laughs> would be fine. You know? Um, England's not a bad spot to hang out in. They got good shellfish. Like, you know, like the, the trees are pretty. It's it's generally a pretty nice place to be. Um, Before the... Before the 16th century, England was a backwater, and France was where it was at. So, if you're in, if you're Edward III and you have a claim to the throne of France, like England, France, England, France, it's not a hard choice. I'm not saying. I mean, this is this is real politique in in medieval pre Renaissance Europe. I mean, the political is personal in in this sort of society. Have you ever played Crusader Kings, Sean? <laughs> no. You should play Crusader Kings. Crusader Kings, 
by Paradox Interactive is is a grand strategy game about about basically medieval medieval world and this whole sort of mindset. Now we're up to Crusader Kings. I think we should get back to the recap before it totally goes off the rails. Okay. Well, now that we found Thank out you. that Paul is a pro royalist, we can move on now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's not what I said at all. Uh, anyway, so Good the whole God. thing is like they have to stop the bad guy, and like Gerard Butler has to get the French babe because, of course, that's how that has to work. And they all have to get back to the regular people time. There's also like a grenade that goes off at one point because they're not supposed to take back modern weaponry, but he brought a grenade, but then he just conveniently decided not to ever throw it, which again draws into real question about the use of the Marines in medieval settings. I would argue that they are basically useless, uh, which the Marines might take serious issue with, but you can uh, email us at princejustin at gmail.com. They really would have done better to have just taken back a troop of medieval reenactors. They really yeah, could probably. <laughs> yeah, so that's the movie. That's basically it. Of course, Paul Walker gets the girl, because, duh. Of course he does, because he's cute, and he tells them about, you know, uh, every quarter mile he's ever run, basically. He was born Fast to run. Furious, for those people who need to know that reference. Yes. I've only seen one Fast and Furious movie, the first. Well, the good news is it now counts as a science fiction franchise, so we can watch it later. Yes, we actually could watch it because yeah, it's 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 gone into uh into science fiction at this point. So they went anyway. into space. I'm just saying. I didn't care at all about Chris getting the girl because he was just a horn dog, as far as I could tell. What I cared about was that uh, <clears throat> Andre Merrick, uh, Gerard Butler, got his girl, the beautiful French Lady Claire, played Lady by Claire, Anna yes. Friel. Yeah, yeah, and I feel, and yes, mm-hmm. he's 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 he chooses to stay behind. Un, un, unlike our evil French guy, uh, French guy who stays behind and he's becomes, not French. Oh, English guy, English guy. Well, he's not English evil. either. He's American. He just pretends <laughs> yeah, but, to be but, English. But, 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 but he plays me English. He plays yeah. me. Unlike him, who who can't go back because he's gone back and forth so many times that he's basically having um, DNA rot, and so he can't go back anymore. I mean, he's he he's staying in the past basically because. Because this evil corporation has sent him back and forth so many times that he can't really do it anymore. Yeah. And doesn't want to die going back to the present. So he thinks, well, I might as well stay here and be, uh, you know, be a, be, a, be a noble in 14th century France. What's And, and kill people you know, for fun, you know, as you do. As you do. I mean, I will just say, I feel sorry for Martin uh, Sokas. I, I, I'm not 100% sure how you say his name. Who is this brilliant... New Zealand actor whose father's originally Hungarian who always gets to play villains and yet like I kind of just love him I just I want him <laughs> to play like like a nice dad one of these days like that's what I want I want to see like what is what is Martin Sokas like as as like the nicest dad on the block what is that character? I don't th- but, but I don't think people would buy it. They would keep wa- expecting him to be secretly evil, and they think keep waiting for him to actually reveal that he's that he actually has a portal to hell in his basement or something. <laughs> that is true. I will agree with you, Trish, from earlier that uh, the 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 romance that's of real merit here is the one with Gerard Butler, and there are two reasons for that. One is that. Gerard Butler and Anna Friel, or Lady Claire and Andre Merrick, uh, actually, well, I mean, their romance doesn't really make sense, but at least it's, like, clearly consensual. They're both into each other pretty much from the go. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> yeah, they have they have chemistry. But also, Gerard Butler can literally hold me anytime he wants. That man <laughs> is the most. I, I don't know what it is. Like, his little Scottish accent. Like, don't play an American ever again. Just be Scottish and just come hold me. I will, I will take it. I just love him. He's adorable. I mean, Anna Friel is also really cute. But, like, Gerard Butler can kiss me anytime he wants. Good to well, know. that's in public. That's in public. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that, that's a thing. No. <laughs> Gerard Butler, you can call me. <laughs> um... I don't think he'll listen, but, you know, you never know. <laughs> you never know. Okay, well, let's get to our likes and dislikes, shall we? Okay. All right, Trish, we're going to go with likes. I don't know why. It's just arbitrary. So what? what is the one thing you like most about this movie? Well, I already said uh, I really, really love the romance between Andre and uh, Claire. They communicate pretty well without words. They save each other a bunch of times. They have chemistry and... There were a lot of problems that I had with the whole time travel stuff in this movie, but I did like that, you know, it turned out that the sarcophagus that they found at the beginning of the movie with the knight holding the hand of his lady, which was very uh, unusual, turned out to be his sarcophagus. So uh, uh, there was some fate and destiny wrapped up in there, and I I just thought that whole romance was adorable. Wait a minute, Trish. You mean to say that the way the time travel is explained may not be scientifically accurate? (laughs) (laughs) No! Say it's not so, Trish! (laughs) I love every time... Well, we're not going... We're not doing dislikes yet, so... No, but I do have to say, like, it is funny. Every time they try to explain the time travel, it's like, no, no, dude, just less is more. Less is more. Stop trying to make it seem like it's legit time travel. Like, Let's just skip past that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Like, the, the romance is really cute. I mean, they could have used more. Like, they do kiss, like, five minutes after she rescues... Or he rescues her. Like, and he, like, puts her in that, like, weird, like, half-coconut shell from, like, a giant island. And they just, like, float down the river. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, there, there, there are... There were... Boats known as coracles, which were basically just uh, leather wrapped around branches. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, oh. little teacups that you floated in. Yeah, little bowls. Yeah, yeah. that's it's that's that's, that's totally. Oh, legit. so they didn't actually go to a giant's island and get a giant coconut and cut it in half? <laughs> no, they didn't bang them together either. <laughs> oh, I mean, I figured it would just be easier, but okay. By that time, the giants were kind of. On their way out. Just oh, like that's dragons. true. The whole Jack and the Beanstalk thing when he knocked the giant out of the. Yeah, I get it. Okay. Giants and dragons were kind of uh, kind of on the decline by 14th century. <laughs> that's a fair point. Yeah, I mean, there probably might have been one or two left. Yeah, you're right. It's a real tragedy what happened to them. Okay, so romance cutes. Okay, Paul, what about you? Do you think the romance was cute? I do. Th- think the romance between Gerard Butler and Anna Frail was cute. I mean, it was far more compelling than um, Paul Walker um, inter, uh, intertemporal horn dog, but you know, so <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I mean, Paul Walker is a charismatic actor. He does have acting chops, but he is basically playing a reprobate horn dog son of an archaeologist who hangs around his father's camp basically to try to get with the girl. But we're not we're not talking about dislikes at the moment. And besides, that's not my dislike. My dislikes are going to come 
come up from a different direction anyway. So I need to come up with a like for this well, movie. Well, hold on, Paul. I have to defend uh, young Paul Walker just a little bit. Okay, so this is a thing you see in lots of movies. Like we're kind of making fun of the like the, the horn dog stereotype or like he never takes no for an answer. He's just like endlessly persistent. But this movie does make it clear that like she does actually like him. She just won't say it. And yeah. the person that tells him that he should stop is his dad. His dad's like, you're from different worlds, it won't work out. Which, I mean, let's be honest. So we're just putting fuel in the fire, yes. Right, like like parent telling you no, like, okay. But like when he asks her, like, oh, so there's nothing here, right? Her response is not, yeah, no, there's nothing here. You should go back to like racing cars and Fast and Furious with Vin Diesel. She says, no, uh, she doesn't say no at all. She says instead... You're the boss's son, which really just says that if you weren't the boss's son, there would be something here. But you're the boss's son, so there is a potential conflict. Or it could mean you're the boss's son, so I can't tell you how much I wish you would jump into a volcano. That It could be that, too, <laughs> although the, what follows later seems to confirm that <laughs> she does have the cutes for him. I mean, he is cute, although he's dumb as a, a ball of rocks, but, you know. I mean, what do you get? I mean, literally, he spends all of his days just driving cars, so. Or in this case, driving a motorbike off-road that should not be an off-road motorbike. We'll just say. We'll just say. Yeah. Well, Paul, what about you? What's your like? Okay, I, I wanted to like the scenery of this movie. Sadly, I couldn't like this. Oh, now, I'm talking, now I'm once again, haven't even got to like it. Because <laughs> because this, the, the, a lot of the stuff is CGI or not-so-great sets and filmed in Canada. Mostly. So it's nowhere near Europe. So I mean it basically the same. I, I, what I could I couldn't like I couldn't like the scenery as much as I might fall back on my usual scenery porn, but this movie doesn't really have scenery porn, it's per se. What I liked is it's it's a subtle thing, but I, I kinda liked except except for Paul Walker and, and being a reprobate. I mean I like the fact that we actually get to see archaeologists and archaeological dig and them actually exploring and try to do things in a rational fashion and when they go off course is when things go wrong is when they actually don't follow proper procedures so it actually shows to use good archaeological techniques and not go herring off on things and getting yourself into trouble falling into pits and things so the archaeologist union of union of the world would appreciate this movie for saying no see this is what happens when you don't follow proper procedure in archaeological dicks well i'm, I'm confused what what happens when you don't follow proper procedure what does this film say are you wind up falling in holes and uh well they didn't lost. fall in holes though that the hole opened and then they went into it via yes. like a pulley system yeah that's both they should not they should should have followed proper procedure and they got themselves into trouble as but, a result but like barely paul like they were barely in trouble like one rock fell and they went oh no <laughs> like we gotta go back up <laughs> which was which was hilarious it was i mean that seems funny but but also but also also we also I mean as far as archaeological knowledge we see archaeological knowledge helps save them in the end. True. The girl the girl's theory about the tunnel proves out to be mm -hmm. true. true. I mean they have to wind up creating the tunnel, but it they actually wind up actually proving proving the archaeological theory, which I appreciate. I mean that's fair. Yeah, now that you mention it, I really like that they let the girl be the smartest character. Yes, yes. <laughs> she has archaeological knowledge and uses it for for good, rather than letting one of the guys come up with it. So yes, it is interesting that like 
so there's there's three characters that are like archaeology guys. Because there's the one guy who's a physicist who just stands around being surprised all the time. Um, but the three archaeologists, right, which is the dad, the girl, and 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 the other boy. And in Paul Walker's character, who doesn't actually care that much about this, talks to both of them. But it seems like when he talks about, like, he's just being honest. Like, she she asks him straight up, like, do you, you don't really like all this stuff? And he's like, nah, it's not my thing. Gerard Butler's character asks him, and he says, yeah, it's also not my thing. He gives a different reason, but it's basically the same reason. But, like, he's still there? We never actually see him bored. His dad says he gets bored, but, like, we don't actually see see him bored. The closest we see is he's sitting in in a lawn chair at one point reading a book, which doesn't, to me, say bored. It just means he's he's not doing archaeology. So, like, it's kind of neat that he talks to the archaeologists and lets them, like, wax lyrical to him about the stuff that they care about. And he just was like, all right, uh, like, oh, yeah, okay. It's fine. <laughs> he doesn't go just stop talking to me like like you're an egghead. Like he doesn't disrespect with their work. No, no, no. That 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 shows Paul Walker's charisma and uh, acting ability. Uh, you could have stopped the charisma. Yeah, charisma. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> uh, he's not good in this. Like, let's not pretend his acting's. Yeah, but but you can see the seeds of his better stuff. That's fair. This is pretty early, Paul Walker, isn't it? Yeah, it is pretty early, Paul Walker. I'm checking now. I got, I got to know, like what, when? Oh my God, he loves his cars way too much. It's not fair. Of course, he loves his cars. That's, he literally has more sections on his main Wikipedia page about cars. <laughs> this well, does oh, not. Oh, that's surprise. right. He was in Tammy and the T Rex. <laughs> I do not remember that movie. <laughs> it's the, um, it's one of the dumbest things I've ever seen in my life. It's so bad. It's oh, no. so bad. No, it's my. I mean, I mean. Oh my some god! Timeline was the same year he did the second Fast and Furious. <laughs> oh, so, so so it's not so so it's, it's not, not as young as you know. like it's it's the rise of the Walker. That's what's yeah, happening. It's the rise right now. of the Walker. Oh my goodness. Oh, anyway. Anyway, so yeah, yeah so, archaeologists yeah, so, getting good. I mean, trying to find things to like in this movie besides the romance is hard because <laughs> I have plenty I can rip this movie about all day. Well, about. Sean, I'm curious, what's your like? Thank you, Oh, Trish. man. It's hard to say because everything I want to like about this movie is a thing that they don't do enough of. Mm. <laughs> and mm. so I'm annoyed that they don't do enough. Like, <laughs> you bring in Martin Martin uh, Sokas, who is really fun to watch as a villain. Like, if you ever watch the movie Triple X, Martin Sokas plays uh, uh, Yuri in the that movie, as the, which is the main villain. And he just really gets to chew the scenery and kind of be villainy and, like, really interesting. And it's just really fun to watch him. In this, it's like they get one scene where he really talks and he kind of flits between his his American and English accent. His American accent's hilarious to me because <laughs> it's such a artificial American accent. You know what he's good in? Kingdom of Heaven. He's pretty good in that. Yeah, like... But, like, you bring him in here, and I'm like, you don't, you, you so, here's my problem. Martin yeah. Sokas should have been Lord Oliver. Because, like, Michael Sheen, also, brilliant actor, but he's not in this movie enough. And so you have mm-hmm. these two utterly brilliant people, but you don't film enough scenes for either of them to really get the shine, and it's like, right. that's kind of sad to me. Really, you have three villains in this movie. Mm. You have Frank Gordon... Neil McDonough, the uh, the chief of the security team, who behaves badly at certain points. Uh, you have, well, actually four. Uh, you have uh, 
Oliver Devanis, Michael Sheen. You have Sir William Decker or Decker, and mm-hmm. you have the um the head of ITC Corporation, whatever his name is, uh, Doniger. Doniger, played by David Thewlis. Yeah. yeah. So right. I understand that uh, Crichton's plot in the novel may be very complicated, but in a movie, you need to strip that stuff down. You can't have four villains in a movie because, as you're saying, Sean, you can't give any of them uh, enough, enough. adequate screen time to really yeah. shine. Yeah. I mean, it's it's sort of like a, this is a thing where it would just be better to be less. Mm-hmm. Like, there's even, like, I mean, I we're really just, like, being mean to the movie, and I don't care right now. But, like, there's even that great thing where, like, the, the, uh, Renard, is that his name? Renard? Renard. Or Arnaud. Arnaud, played Arnaud. by Lambert Wilson, uh, who, like, kills this one guy that's, like, I guess, like, a lieutenant or, like, some equivalent, right? And it's this moment where he stabs him, and it's like, ha ha, I got it. But it's like, but this guy has been in, like one scene where he got to say a line like <laughs> why is this the big finale like why are we excited about this like it, it's just like a weird directing I, like i could not believe that richard donner the same guy behind goonies did this movie because it's just like they didn't think about these things and so like this really is just like all my problems with like every like i i have is like i like this thing but they didn't do it up i like this thing they didn't do it up which is mm. sad but it's I have sad. to choose a real like, I guess. Choose a real like. You can well, do it. I can't it. choose archaeology because y'all already did that one. And it is kind of cool that this is a thing that tries to sexy up archaeology, which is a field that desperately needs some sexy. Real archaeology and not even Indiana Jones archaeology. Mm-hmm. Okay, be, you be careful right now because Indiana Jones has three PhDs in archaeology. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not denying his, his, uh, his, his doctorates and denying his, me- his methods and also, um, his, uh, cultural appropriation techniques. I mean, to be fair, he is saving relics from Nazis. So it's like 90% of the people he stops from taking stuff is Nazis. I'm just saying. Okay. I mean, do you really want anybody else other than a, a like very large warehouse to have like the Ark of the Covenant? No, I don't. I don't want anybody having that kind of power. That shit needs to be buried in a very deep hole. I mean, this is the, I mean, this is how Warehouse 13 got its <laughs> inspiration. <laughs> yeah, fair point. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Seriously, uh, it's Gerard Butler. Okay, that's that's mm-hmm. a fair like. I mean, I knew you have a man crush I... on him, and I can respect that man yep. crush. Look, I'm I'm very hetero, but like Gerard Butler is insanely attractive. I don't know what it is about him. He is just, like, it's not just 300 where you got all ripped and everything. Like, I just, like, I feel like Gerard Butler's a nice guy. And, like, you could just be, like, the best bros with him. And you could just, like, hang out, like, have a beer. And, like, we wouldn't watch, like, football. We'd watch soccer or something because he's British or, well, he's Scottish. But, like, whatever. Right? Like, he is just, like, insanely attractive and charming in this. Which is saying something, because I think Paul Walker's supposed to be charming, but he does come off a little bit, as as Trish, you were correctly noting, like, a little bit of a horn dog. <laughs> Whereas, like, Gerard Butler is, like, he's like a romantic. Like, he comes yes. across as this guy who very much believes in these ideas of, like, chivalry and romance. Like, of course, obviously, like, the romantic notions of those things. And, yeah, I mean... If you put Gerard Butler in a movie, I'm probably going to like Gerard Butler in that movie <laughs> because he's just he's it, there, no man deserves to be as attractive as Gerard Butler like that. He needs to share. 
just saying give give a little bit of that to every one other man like you've got enough to share he's a handsome man oh god how is he how 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 does a gerard butler come into being how does that work um loss of statistics good genes bizarre to me like he shouldn't be that attractive and yet he is Viewers and listeners who want, who want to learn more about Gerard Butler can, can email uh, seanduke at gmail.com. Oh, like, I, bet, I bet you he smells good. <laughs> like, you know <laughs> how you... Good. Okay, look, like, seriously. Like, you know how sometimes you see an actor and you're like, that actor definitely doesn't smell good? That thought has never occurred to me, Sean. I'm sorry. Okay, watch Leverage. You ever watch Leverage? Yes. Yes. Okay, the main character in Leverage, right? Whatever that actor's name is. Like, Timothy Hutton? Yeah, Timothy Hutton, right? He's like a drunk, like, right, in the in the show. Every time I see him in that show, I'm like, I bet you he smells like alcohol. He probably smells like his character would smell. I'm just saying. Little bit of vomit. I'm just saying. It's there. Oh, my. He looks like it. Like, he just kind of looks like he doesn't smell right. Gerard Butler, I bet you he smells like, like vanilla. You're just, um, like, going up to Gerard Butler. I'm just saying. I, I can't I, I can't I can't prove or disprove this theory of You yours. know I'm right. Um maybe. Possible. Gerard Butler smells like vanilla. Start that now on the internet, everybody. But not even not even Gerard Butler can save gods of Egypt. <laughs> no, God no. That movie's so dumb. <laughs> oh, hopefully it is never on torture cinema because... Well, congratulations, Paul. Because <laughs> that's oh, our next torture cinema, up, Paul. Scoop, scoop, scoop. <laughs> Well, it would get you more Gerard Butler fix. God help us. <laughs> okay, well, let's get to our dislikes. I think we can finally get to it. So, Trish, regale us with the thing that most annoyed you about this movie. <laughs> the utter contempt for consistency and uh, things making sense. Uh, for instance, this thing is supposed to happen in 1357, and it's supposed to be the the fact that Claire gets hung, or in this case rescued, and that's supposed to be what leads the French to win the war. So 1357, the actual Hundred Years' War, took place between 1337 and 1453. So um, actually longer than a Hundred Years' War, but decades and decades and decades after this incident was supposed to end the Hundred Years' War. Another case in point, the fact that the English people speak modern English, when, <laughs> as we know, no one from this time would be would have any, any ease at all of being understood or of understanding the people speaking their Norman, Anglo-Saxon, mishmash that was, you know, still quite a ways from evolving into modern English. I think it might have been, I, I don't even know if it's before or after the Great Vowel Shift, but it's, there's, there's no way that. It's, 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 it's roughly Chaucer-esque. Yeah. And if you read Chaucer, <laughs> Chaucer's not writing modern English. Right. Um, so, so there's no way that they should be able to understand anyone, you know, um, it's just the whole movie goes through this of, you know, and the thing of Greek fire that Paul mentioned. Modern people don't know how to make Greek fire. That's the secret was lost. It, it was it was it was Sean not 
not me who mentioned that. Also, Trish, your concern about the the language, by the way, the book actually addresses that because in the book they they talk about uh, so Merrick's character in the book it can speak Occitan, which is apparently the language that would have been. Yeah, yeah, which is not even right. French. Okay. It, it, it's a di- it's it's a, yeah, it's a dialect in that region of France. Yeah, right. And they did have a a guy on the team originally uh, who spoke. 1300s French, but he got killed as a, the the once they get captured by the English, he gets killed because they think he's a French spy. Well, I, I was the, noting that he, they, it's not that he speaks 1300s French. They just say he's he's fluent in French because uh, Gerard <laughs> Butler only has high school French and it's shit. <laughs> to which Francois <laughs> says, "Yeah, it is." <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, anyway... Um, it's worse than you said, is really what it comes it's, down to. Okay. It's okay. Anyway, it's just, it's just all of a piece. They they don't try to make things make sense. They don't have any... I, I read IMDb, and it said somewhere that they actually did try to make a fair recreation of a French 1300s or so village, but... And, and okay, that felt all right, but just the things didn't make sense and they didn't try to make them make sense and it was just really annoying i agree <laughs> so i'm sorry if that dislike was broad enough to steal whatever you two were going to say but you could probably come up with some other things to dislike mine's gonna shade into yours <laughs> all right shade shade us it, it has to do with inconsistency it has to do with the I mean, we were we we were discussing before about uh, warfare in the 14th century and royalists and whatnot. And this this movie is and Trish already brought up the fact that this movie gets batshit, pardon my language, wrong about the uh, Hundred Years' War and its progress. But in general, this movie just does not understand the nature of medieval combat and sieges at all. <laughs> Let us start with the fact that. In no time in this period were the English and French color-coded with their uniforms. This never happened. Never, never, <laughs> never. I mean, Shane into the Holy Eye getting killed for a French spy, as, as Trish pointed out, I mean, at this time, half the English spoke French because that was the language of Western Europe. So no one's going to be suspicious that you speak French because anybody with a half an ounce of education West of Italy speaks French, so that's like that shouldn't be suspicious to anybody. It just shows you're educated and you're not and not a complete prion. And and it's just like the, the the English tactics and the French defense of this castle just make no logistical sense whatsoever. I think my late friend Scott, late friend Scott, and I could probably divide a better attack plan than the English have, or a better defense than the French have. <laughs> uh, you mean the op- the other way around? No, either one. Either one. We could take either side and do better than these two. These two guys banging each other. Well, because it's, it's the English who are defending and the French who are attacking in the movie. Uh, I have it reversed. You're right. E- either either playing defense or or offense, we could both do better than what these areas did. What these I mean, sides did. I will give them credit for not having the trebuchets in front of the army, which is what a certain uh, television show did with their catapults, where they put them in front of the army, where they couldn't continue <laughs> firing. You don't put the arty in front. No, I no. least you got that right. But still, it's like it, the movie just does not understand how you 
how you how you handle siege warfare. It's it's it, or just or just just like handle, handling uh just the nature of medieval c- combat and oh god, it's it's, just, it's not good. It, it, it's <laughs> I, I I mean I mean when the bad guy at the end teleports through and gets stabbed immediately, it's like oh god, god, it's over, sort of thing because <laughs> it's and and that makes no sense either. But it's like, you know, so, so Mercer Pisa and you just pull out a sword and, yeah, no. What, what'd you think about the exploding arsenal? Oh, God, please, <laughs> please, please. Um, we are in 1357 France. Um, we would not have anything like that for another conservatively 150 years. Oh, so, so they, they wouldn't have had exploding projectiles from trebuchets, is what you're saying? Um... No, they would not. <laughs> oh, I mean, okay. This whole and, 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 and Greek fire. Okay, let me tell you about Greek fire. You know what Greek? You know what the use of Greek fire was for? Tell was us, not, Paul. I, it was not for troops in a siege. It was to fire on, on ships. ships. Yeah, and let and make them burn to the waterline and go down to the ocean. That's why the Byzantines invented this stuff so that no enemy navies could come up and. And siege ships, like, oh, have some Greek fire, bye bye ships, go glub, glub, glub. They used to keep sand on the ship for that exact purpose mm-hmm. to stop Greek fire. So, yeah, so it's like, you, so, 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 so this guy can create Greek fire. It's not going to help you with this siege. Also, just... keep in mind, he creates the Greek fire in the middle of the battle, shoots one of his, like, sort of giant, like, cannon thing rockets or whatever. Burns down one trebuchet, and they don't have any more? Like, they weren't ready for more. And he's like, y'all, give him 20 men and he'll do it. I'm like, what the fuck do you think is a siege? Like, <laughs> you think you're just going to be there for months making this stuff? Like- <laughs> I, I, I mean, this is not like a game of Civ where you have one catapult going to the, going to the city, you destroy it, and, and that's the only time no. army. <laughs> The worst game of Civ yeah. ever. <laughs> the worst game of Crusader Kings ever. It's even more bizarre. Appropriate. Like yes, so it's like no. This is this is terrible. This is terrible medieval warfare. Now, as far as the problems the Kingdom of Heaven has, at least they actually get some of the specifics of medieval combat right. Even with the siege of Jerusalem, where they had the trebuchets, and yes, they weirdly fire sideways, but that's actually how they actually work. So if you want a better movie to see how medieval sieges work, go watch Kingdom of Heaven, the extended edition. You'll get a much better sense of how armies actually acted in this time period. Thank you very much. Well, I'm right with with you on that, Paul, because I have watched so many like medieval weaponry expert reviews movie videos where like these are the exact things they complain about all the time like oh every trebuchet or can or or uh, uh you know catapult launches explosive arsenal that's not a thing like <laughs> i mean at least they didn't at least they didn't do the fire arrows in this movie no they did they had fire oh, that's, arrows oh, you're, that, and then they go night arrows I blanked out on them. You're right. But like, right. here's the thing I don't understand. Why would you start with fire arrows to begin with? Because they can't see the arrows at night anyway. So you would just shoot the arrows at night without fire. It'd be more effective. As a intimidation technique, I don't know. It makes no sense. You're right. I completely forgot about the the night arrows. You're yeah, right. they start with like, oh, like fire. Everyone shoot fire, and then they go night arrows, and and then That's they never right. shoot them again <laughs> because they only had that one set. Right, they only had that one set arrows. 
because I don't understand logistics either in no. this, in this movie. Like, like like how is this castle actually even supplying itself if it's in a siege? <laughs> Magic. Can we, can we talk about logistics and, and and actually supplying such a castle in this? I mean, if the English if the English have really been penned up this long, they should be eating practically each other at this point. But I mean, they're I mean, not they're, though. Like they're wandering around before that. They're and, wandering around. They're wandering around. It's like this is the worst siege ever. Well, they haven't like, sieged yet. They only siege at the end, but the siege lasts for like forty five seconds. It's it's more it's no because because they said that they're, they're penned up there, so it's it's a siege in all but name. But it's a it's a terrible. <laughs> Wait, did they say terrible. they're penned up? <laughs> yes, but they're not. <laughs> But that's what they say early on, that, that the English are penned up in the castle. Yes. But they're not. <laughs> but they're not. It because got, Martin Sokas is just running around murdering people in the woods. It, it is terrible. It's absolutely okay. terrible. I mean, let's also be, like, I mean, let's be real. Like, even when, like, Arnaud shows up, like, he's got, like, a hundred guys. Like, Max. It's not, like, what kind of army does he really have here? I mean, okay, okay, okay. So I, I, I won't even, I'm not even quite defending it, but I mean, the whole idea of medieval armies being huge is wrong because they couldn't field, they couldn't field what they could field back in the in classical civilization or later on, like in Napoleonic. So armies were small, but they were bigger than a hundred guys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not like he should have ten thousand guys, but like he shows up with like like the leftover guys that got lost, but by, by like <laughs> other guys were marching to some bigger right. battles, and these are the guys that just got lost and ended up here. Yeah. Right. I mean, I mean, but battles were relatively small scale in this era because you know they're living off the land and. Population hasn't recovered, so I mean, five thousand five thousand guys is a substantial army in this time period. But you don't have an army of a hundred guys. That's that, that's just that's a that's a bunch of brigands. Yeah. That's not any armed force worth. Yeah, it's name. not. It's not much. This movie's ridiculous. I, I, I mean, I mean, soon in Italy, you're going to wind up with nice big contadieri mercenary companies of of substantial size, but not quite yet. You're almost. They're almost. Actually, I think the Hunter are about getting going at this period. It's 14th century. I think they're about right since the Renaissance is about to kick off. They're about ready to uh, have uh, substantial armies running around Italy and causing mayhem. Wow! Look at that that nerd cred coming out, Paul. Wow! Someone's read some books. I've read some books. Yes, I have. <laughs> I have ripped the warfare of this movie up and down. It's uh, up and down the, the length of the river. So I guess we have to find out what you didn't like about this movie, Sean. Oh, well, the, the absence of Romans just is unacceptable for this movie. Even though it's, you know, like <laughs> 500 plus years too late. No, <laughs> uh, no. Um, honestly, I think the thing I dislike about this movie is the most is just how overall, like, everything about the plot of this movie feels basic. It's so, like, the most attention they pay to detail is in the bullshit science in the whole description of how time travel works. That's where they spend the most time trying to give us real detail. But, like, there's no real detail about what French society is like at this point, or what the English are really up to. Like, the most we get is like, oh, it's 1357. Like, that's what they're going to do. They're going to invade. I don't know why that accent came out, but whatever. 
I don't know either. <laughs> but like, that's like the extent of what we get in this. You know, the archaeology stuff gives us stuff, but it's mostly fantasy, right? Because it's it's not real right. people that they're talking about. It's it's fantasy people, right? This castle doesn't exist. So they spend a lot of time on things that aren't real and not a lot of time on the things that actually are real. You know, like, even though this battle never took place, the French are fielding armies at this point. The British are fielding armies. They've invaded France at this point. It's a war that happens, as Trish pointed out, for over 100 years, like 116 years this war lasts. And they spend no time on any of that Mm -hmm. to make that feel grounded and real. But they spend all this time on the bullshit that doesn't actually matter. We don't actually need to know how any of this fancy time travel system works. And again, they, they go to they go to endless detail about how how they were trying to do to do tr- to try to make make a matter transport and accidentally to t- create time travel. It's 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 a lot of world building that doesn't go. Right, anywhere. It's not. It doesn't matter. The thing that matters matter. is they're 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 going to rescue their dad who's stuck in the past. That's the thing that matters. So all we need to know from the time travel stuff is we inadvertently discovered a, a, a connection to a wormhole. And we can send people back in time to a very specific place in time, right? Right to a very specific place in time. Right to one to one space and one place, yeah. one spot. Like literally, the the villains, the like capitalist villains thing should be. We were trying to figure out how we send people the way we send information through fax machines. We inadvertently discovered that we have a, found a wormhole that connects to this period of time. We can send people back. We sent people back. It didn't go well. There are people now stuck there. We need help getting them out because they're trapped in a time period they don't fully understand. We need subject experts to go back and help. That's you. Done. Yeah. And yeah. Then don't bother. It's much more of a Mission Impossible sort of theme yeah. rather than this sort of amorphous mess. I also also want to make a... Uh, a note to what I was saying before when I was when I was going my nerd card. I had to look up to make sure in 1360, which is a couple of years after this, is, is when John Harkwood uh, starts creating mercenary bands in Italy. So I was right. So yeah, so we're just about at the edge of, of real mercenary companies running around Italy and Western Well, Europe. while we're fact-checking ourselves, I did look up Got it. the Great Vowel Shift, <laughs> which is when English people started pronouncing yep. vowels in different parts of their mouths than they had before, so that things, words sounded different. That started in the 15th century. So all of these people should be completely unintelligible to our modern time travelers. I mean, that's, I mean, all you're making me think of is like when the, uh, the, the Globe Theater started doing original pronunciations of Shakespeare, mm. where they were doing their best to sort of dig through all of these texts and things from back then to try to figure out how people's might have spoken back then. Mm-hmm. And it's utterly fascinating. You can go look at this if you want. Like, look at the Globe, Globe Theater original pronunciation stuff. You can see people reading, like, Hamlet and things like that in the original pronunciation. But it's like, yeah, like, even Shakespeare in the late 1500s, early 1600s, they don't sound the way British people sound today. Not exactly. There's some similarities. But, like, language changes over the course of many hundreds of years. <laughs> like, I don't know what to tell you guys. Mm-hmm. It's... I mean, we would be unintelligible to someone from the 1300s. If you, oh, we all went back in time, <laughs> try to talk to these people, they'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Why do you keep mentioning the web? I, I, might, I might be do better off of trying to throw Latin at them. <laughs> yeah, you, you'd be better off throwing it Latin. Although even then, like, maybe your accent would be so unintelligible. They'd listen to your Latin and be like, why is he talking like an idiot? <laughs> yeah, why does he probably. sound like he's drunk? <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> 
Like, I know people like wine at this time, but my goodness, he needs to lay off the sauce. Except they wouldn't say that. They would probably say something else. Yeah, I mean, like, this movie's not bad. I would just say that this, like, it's bad, but it's not bad, bad. It, it's just dumb. I don't know how else to say it. It's just a dumb movie. Like, there's nothing, like, that is super objectionable about it, right? There's nothing where you, you sit down and you go, oh, my God, that is, like, super offensive. Or, oh, my God, that's so bad. True. I can't handle it. It's just that you get to the end of it and you're like, okay, like, I mean, I, I okay, fine. Like, you just move on with your life. You know, we've watched movies where we got to the end and we were like, what the fuck just happened to us? This is a movie where you go, well, they, they, that was the thing they made. That was the thing we watched. Yep. Yes. Moving on with our lives. <laughs> it's pretty much how it is, which is sad, but is, you know, it's, I mean, whatever. It's not like Runaway by Timeline where they got like uh, Gene Simmons to just come in and be, I guess, high on cocaine or whatever the hell he was doing. Like, he just looks like a lunatic in that. So... So, Trish, the big question of the day is, what are your final thoughts about this movie and how, on the American grade scale, would you grade this? Oh, dear God. (laughs) Well, I'll just mention IMDb says Michael Crichton hated this movie so much (laughs) that he refused to license any more movies based on his novels after that. He did! Ever. All the movies he hated so much. This is the one he hated. Not some of the other shit made on his. <laughs> well, there you go. That's great. I didn't hate it as much as Michael Crichton did. Um, as wow. you say, there was nothing horribly offensive in it uh, other than the offenses to logic and history and uh, martial tactics. Um <laughs> <laughs> But you know, no, no classes of people were were trampled upon. Uh, and it did have one sweet romance in it that I liked a lot. So I'm somewhere in the C range. I'm trying to decide C minus, C plus, normal C. Um, I guess I'll just vote for a, a, a straight C for this movie. Oh, say can you? Well, the big question is: Would you watch it again? willingly like me you want to watch it would you want to watch it again maybe while i was folding laundry or something i can (laughs) (laughs) okay yeah c seems fair for you then yeah (laughs) all right fair enough paul what about you final thought grade um a lot lots of this movie annoyed me i mean it wasn't a terrible movie that made me want to bleach my brain and (laughs) um have to clean myself afterwards i mean it does have Gerard Butler's sweet romance with Anna Friel, which does make up for some of the many sins in this movie. And <laughs> it, the movie could have been better if they just tried yeah. harder. It feels like they didn't give a damn. Yeah. And that's, that's a terrible thing. They didn't give enough of a damn to make. I mean, I, so I, I, I can't even give this too bad a grade just because it's, I mean, aside from the fact that they filmed this in Canada and didn't film it like, say, in France or Central Europe or someplace nice like that and get a real castle. But, you know, I'm going to be a little more stingy with my grade than uh, Trish's. I'm going to give it a C-. minus. I think that's totally fair, Paul. I do want to note for the importance of historical accuracy that some of this movie was filmed in Quebec. And that does mean that in the movie itself, some of the shields that are shown have the Quebec flag on it. 
Oh, now, God. I will note that Quebec does not exist in 1357. It's not a place yet. I mean, the territory that Quebec now rests on exists. It is presumably being inhabited by other people. But the notion of Quebec, no, definitely not. <laughs> not part of the calculus. No, none. Well, where none. did the Quebecois get their flag from? Maybe they took it from a historical thing or something? That's a good question. That's a good question. I don't know. Th- well, that might be a question we'll have to answer another <laughs> time, but I'm very curious. So if somebody at home knows, skiffyfanny at gmail.com, let us know if you find out. Oh, I, I got it. Got I got it. it. Oh. I, I got it because because they got it from the uh, the royal banner of France, the bourbon oh. flag. So which 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 tracks with but this the But the bourbons were after this, right? The bourbons were after this. <laughs> yeah, so it's still not accurate. <laughs> no, 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 but but no, but no, but the, the bourbons in charge of France. I mean, the bourbons. I mean, the bourbons were a house in France at this okay. time, as I, I believe. So yeah, so they basically got it. so. But let me ask you, Paul: Were they at Castle Guard in 1357? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, the the well, the bourbons. The bourbons were founded in 1272. Well, yeah, but no, no, Paul, you're not understanding. Were they at Castle Guard in 1357? Um, no one was at Castle Guard in 1357. No. <laughs> not a real place. It didn't exist, so they could not have been there. Anyway, okay. Well, all right. Well, final thought. Uh, I Like, it's just, it's mostly inoffensive. Like, even when it's almost offensive, it's not offensive. Like, the whole Paul Walker thing is like kind of, uh. but also like, We've seen movies where they just follow that through to its most extreme conclusion, and it's sort of like this at least doesn't follow the kind of weird horn dog trope to its like most extreme. And so, like, he does seem to actually care for her, even though he's kind of like being ridiculous and a little bit overbearing. But at least they don't go that to the extreme. So I feel like that's the thing is like every mistake it makes is a mistake that other films would drag to their more extreme conclusion. And for that reason, I would say, like, I've seen this four times. It's not a good movie. It's not a horrible movie. It's a C-minus movie. Yeah, that's fair. So we average out to just below. we just above a C-minus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a C-minus-ish. C-minus, yeah, a little more Works than C-minus. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, that's probably one of the highest grades we've given to a torture cinema movie, so I will just say that. So... So go timeline. Yeah, I will just note that our grades are far more accurate than either Rotten Tomatoes or IMDb, so you should definitely use our grades. What are the grades that they give it? I didn't I didn't actually check what they gave this. Uh, on oh. IMDb they give it a five point six on IMDb. So that's pretty much a C C plus. Mm, well f- five point six would be a fifty six percent, so that would be a F. Oh, okay. It depends. T- technically. Yeah, although, like, that's kind of weird because the American grade scale is a little bit wonky because once you get below 60%, you go to F, but then, like, it's just all Fs after 50%, which doesn't quite make sense to me, but sure. Uh, And on Rotten Tomatoes, I mean, it's even worse. It's got a 13% unless you go by audience (laughs) and it's a 45. Yeah, so we're we're, we're much kinder than those venues. This incoherently plotted addition to the time travel genre looks and sounds cheesy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i mean sure like okay i'm with you but you know what i will just note that they probably gave like mortal Kombat like a 13 percent, and they're wrong so whatever 
Well, Mortal Kombat is fun, so yeah, they would be wrong. I love that movie. Okay, well, that's it, folks. We have done another episode of the Torture Cinema Podcast. So if you'd like to let us know what you thought about this episode, if you have opinions about Timeline, please let us know. Go over to skiffyandfanty.com slash listener suggestions. You can follow us at Skiffy and Fanny on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can subscribe to our newsletter at skiffyfanty.com slash newsletter, which is run by Stephen Geigen Miller, a very lovely individual from Canada, I will note, but not Quebec, so he can't tell us anything about what the Quebecois are really like. Finally, if you'd like to support what we do, the best ways to do that are to go to patreon.com slash skiffyandfanty and also to give us reviews on iTunes. Patreon is literally as little as a dollar. If you can give us one US dollar per month, you can join our Discord and get all kinds of cool stuff. So we do the uh, Speculative Dispatch, which there are like 26 episodes up there now, which is an exclusive show for our Patreon supporters. You can vote on Torture Cinema polls and go on our Discord and yell at us about stuff. So I'm at Sean Duke on Twitter, <laughs> SeanDuke.net, Alphabet Streams on Twitch and Patreon.com slash TheJoyFactory. <laughs> and you can find me, Paul Weimer, at Prince Justin on Twitter. That's with the B, P-R-I-N-C-E-J-B-S-T-I-N. I have a Patreon, Patreon.com slash Prince Justin. I have a website, www.princejustin.com. You start getting a, getting a theme here on many blogs and podcasts, including Tor.com, Nerds of Feather. I've even reviewed on the Hive of Scum and Mini that is file 770 and one day i do promise i will even stream i am prince justin on twitch too i am <laughs> everywhere on the internet just throw a rock also paul does hang out on my stream at alphabet streams and we, we've been chatting about stuff so if you want to come here as chat and and he's 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 been asking me questions about genre yeah. and quizzing me on opening lines to books and other things yeah. and you can find me trishy matson most easily on twitter at pe matson I hear that you podcast and do other things, too. I do. I do. Sometimes I even post on my blog, what's the word now, blogspot.com. Sometimes. I feel like you've never been on a podcast, Trish. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, never. Like, that. this is, the, like, even now you're not on this podcast. Not technically. Yeah. Are you in 1357 right now? No. Okay. Oh. Is that by choice? Definitely. I would not want to visit 1357. No, I feel like the food would not be great. I mean, 1357 would be fine to visit somewhere other than France. <laughs> I still think you probably get horrible food poisoning and mm. like, gut parasites mm. and shit. Probably. <laughs> I mean, I, I would probably, I would want to take a nice course of uh, all sorts of drugs before I go. Ivermectin, maybe. <laughs> I, uh, oh, God. <laughs> Oh, God. Now, now we've gone horse with this podcast. Nay. Nay, I say. Nay. nay uh, I think we've gotten to our awkward ending, right? Yeah, yeah we've definitely gotten there. <laughs> yes, on horse this paste. This episode of Skiffy Fanny was brought to you by horse paste. On that note. <laughs> awkward, awkward ending. And see. See. Oh, dear If you want to support this show, you can go to patreon.com slash skiffyandfanty or skiffyandfanty.com, our website, where you can get access to all of our fancy things. 
Our music comes from Holy Mole. You can support him and his work at patreon.com slash holy mole. Thank you for listening. <laughs>